0: last time on the ever-pleasant Mr. Bates.
1: Frank, surrounded by fog and silhouetted against the fire as the night takes hold, stands, never taking his eyes off the shape, making sure every last one of them burns.
2: Tasty.
3: That's true. That's very true. Uh, young man, you look uh, awful. I am the true self. I am the persona. Uh, Emily begins to swing the sword in fast, Tight circles um, up close to her head, gaining momentum. Challenger.
1: Is this is that moment of trying to decide whether you? you're going to do a proper intro or you're going to be stupid. Uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> my name is Justin Lyndon, and welcome to the Ever Pleasant, pleasant Mr. Bates, my show. Uh, our show, the show, the current only thing on the Dark Tides feed, you don't get another choice. Um, this is the sixth episode. We've been recording for a, while, a while now. This is our session. It's been a bit of a... We've had a little bit of time since the last one, so we're a bit rusty. Uh, we're going to run through the story so far, so if you're also rusty, even though it's only been two weeks for you, hey, you, we can catch you up to speed. Alrighty. Moving around
3: It's always you Aubrey always I don't know you. why you make me do it first Hi I'm Aubrey
4: <laughs> What are Hi, you doing? Aubrey. I'm inspecting my dice
3: Alright <laughs> I play Tuck Marsh The as yet unconfirmed Relative of a different marsh Or mm-hmm. marshes Marshes. The um, are we doing fun facts? Uh, we're gonna do story beats, so we'll wait, and everyone will take it like, All right. like help to recount. All right. Story well, I've never written down a character intro because I've never had to. Uh, Takbash is the angsty, self-loathing, mostly wearing black, uh, failed musician of the group. He's the Alistair of the group. Yeah. He's the Alistair of the group. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Moving on.
0: Oh, hi. Uh, I am. What's up, dog? Uh, yeah, that's my hey. name. I am Caleb.
1: Oh,
5: right. You were having that conversation before, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah,
6: Okay. <laughs> but the listeners did not get yeah, to they, hear. We're no. definitely
5: referencing things that people know
6: about. <laughs> no, always.
2: Always.
0: Uh, I play Bud Humphreys, Bud Buddy Humphreys, I should say, uh, the lovable, huggable mum friend of the group uh, who. You know, has been wearing an apron, as you all know, this whole time. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful, lovely red one with a floral pattern, you know. Mm. It's the good Kush. <laughs>
3: it's from the dollar store. How good could it be?
0: Hi, <laughs> <laughs> um, <talk. laughs> that That's literally their whole character interaction, <laughs> I right think. Yeah. Cool.
6: Around the Knot Corner. Hi, I'm Kate. Yeah, uh, I play Jessica Harlow. If you haven't worked that out by episode, what are we on six? six? Six. Welcome to episode six. I'm not paying attention. Um, yeah, is Jess mentally stable? I don't know. Do you know? We'll find out anyway. Around the corner, proceeding along the squovel. Um,
2: <laughs>
4: I am Megan. <laughs> Um, I play Olivia Kelly, otherwise known as OK or Liv, and she is basically the toasted coconut marshmallow of the group for now.
1: <laughs> nice. Or are you going to take their roasting of your table?
4: What? What are you roasting?
5: I've, I've disowned squirvel this table it's
4: a term of de- uh, respect.
5: I think maybe we should start a petition to call this table the
3: Squoval. I'm pretty kind of sure to they called there. it the
2: Squoval yeah. in right.
4: episode
6: four.
3: Knights of the Squirvel. Mm. <laughs> 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 While we're having a break, I'll carve that into the, the table. <laughs> with a
5: knife. <laughs> <laughs> Assemble. <laughs> Uh, hello, my name's BJ. I play Tully Jackson. He's the one with the accent, and <laughs> it's really annoying.
4: It comes in and out and walks uh, into windows.
5: Never walks into windows. Uh, my fun fact is that I don't remember exactly what I was doing in the previous uh, adventure, but not because I don't remember, because we never resolved what I was doing.
6: Oh yeah, you were yep. trying not to die. Thank
5: you. I was trying not to die and didn't and do a very good job of it. Like, well we did resolve it. More or less. Yeah, we've
6: we, yeah. we you resolved didn't it. Die. It's just,
0: I
1: always like we have you. like six actors here. I'm sorry that we can't spend <laughs> twenty minutes on I your didn't solo say adventure. It was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I can't give
5: you that time. <laughs> <laughs> it was a quirky fun fact and
3: you ruined I'm it. Sorry. I made it hostile. <laughs> Hello, hello, it's Mike O'Reilly. Um, I play a lot of different characters, uh, such as Cornelius Mendoza, Frank Hill. MVP. Yeah.
0: I love your eyebrows furrowed a bit when you say Cornelius <laughs> <I know>. Mendoza. <laughs> it's
3: just coming over me every time. Uh, yeah, so if you hear me, yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> say hi.
2: <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Many say people hi, my car. I'm Many
0: cars <laughs> and sitting on couches <laughs> around, around like the world shall that. say,
2: ah, oh, Hi. hi. <laughs> like
1: if you recognize my voice on the street, come over and say hi. It's definitely me.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's uh, it. Dear. Okay, so it's been a little while for us, so I thought we could sort of like collectively recap what's happened over the story <laughs> so far and like when. I'm not sure if we would do it. I was considering doing it like sentence by sentence. We'd like someone does a sentence, next person does a Ooh. sentence. Ooh. Yes. Next person does a sentence. That sounds like a nightmare waiting to have. <laughs> It sounds like a nightmare?
6: I don't want to edit that. I'm not editing at all, but the thought of editing that. Yeah.
1: So maybe we'll just do it that, you know, someone says what they feel is enough and then we move on to the next person.
6: Okay. Well, starting
0: okay. off... Uh, at, at, in the
2: beginning.
0: We had uh, Buddy and Jess arriving in town uh, together uh, and then being watched by a Labrador. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just starting us off.
6: <laughs> cool, you listened to episode one again, I see.
5: Yes, I did. <laughs> episode two has just released for us here in the, the past lands of when we record. I
0: guess after that, after that, we then had uh, everyone meeting at Salem's Lodge. Mm -hmm. uh, Into which we had OK, who had been here for a while, along with Jack, who had stayed, and same with OK, sister AK.
4: Um, Isn't she... Cousin? Cousin? Cousin. Oh,
0: cousin. cousin. I have been paying attention. We're <laughs> so, not doing a full recap. Oh,
4: no.
3: do, you want, do you want an Aubrey <laughs> uh, attempt at a super yeah. short recap? Aubrey yeah, us yeah. a super... Yeah. All right. Uh, bunch of people came back to depressing town because friend having breakdown. Friend breakdown justified, maybe. Jack Labrador. Question Labrador. <laughs> <laughs> Said friend dead... Uh, Jessica's
6: crazy in a hardware store
3: yeah Jessica's crazy in a hardware store also Frank Hill definitely killed at least some people
4: <laughs>
5: at least two happened.
4: hospitals
3: are no longer safe mostly because it's no longer there Willow dead
4: and flamethrower oh, everywhere yeah.
3: flamethrower, flamethrower everywhere, everywhere.
4: Derek is name? out don't the...
3: bump the tape. shut up BJ I'll do what I like um, the, the FBI agent
2: Oh, Weaver uh, B- weaver, B- weaver,
3: weaver disappeared.
5: Weaver dead, weaver not dead. Weaver dead not remark. dead, weaver
3: disappeared. Weaver gone
5: sus
6: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bates lives Bates, at Jeff's Bates house.
5: I don't like.
4: I just really Can- love my notes for episode five. Starts off Father Brunswick, holy water tomatoes, Agatha uses too much blood meal. That is it. I
0: <laughs> <finally> <laughs> down. I you still the early notes I have for this show. Are also like that level of it's when we're talking to, to Frank Hill and it's just stuff like Nixon grass
5: blind.
6: <laughs> uh, my uh, only right. note isn't even from any recording. It's from our like pre episodes when we were like 18 and stuff. And it's just Elizabeth equals dead.
5: Mm. Yeah, nice. mm. I don't even remember where my notes are oh
4: also if have you them. have them I don't know if this is oh, making it into are. episode 5 but Ben Mears uh. recorded the conversation between Liv and Vespa. Yes. Ben Mears is leader of the Unspeakables oh yeah oh, Vesper yes ne- yes that Megan was named a character after a moped oh yeah <laughs> it's not Vespa, it's Vesper
2: Vesper yeah <laughs> no,
0: it's not Wingardium it's
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: It <laughs>
0: Can we also have, like, the recap with a, with a solid, like, last time on the ever-pleasant Mr. Bates? Mm-hmm. You're only going to use be,
1: that. You haven't listened to episode two, then. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
1: Wait, how that starts. Even... Yeah,
6: but can we yeah. have it
5: with that voice? Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> have you
6: even we'll listened to episode do that. two yeah. yet? And, oh, then, no. and then we'll
5: just have Nixon grass, question mark, and <laughs> then go into it. Nixon grass,
0: question mark. <laughs>
5: Vespa. It's Vespa. Holy
0: water
3: tomatoes.
5: Holy wa- <laughs> anyway, Howdy, holy water tomatoes, everyone. Welcome to the ever pleasant biz debate.
3: Well, I think this recap is a net loss.
5: <laughs> Absolutely. 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 Does everyone feel caught up? I'm no, so either. much less clear on the story Absolutely now. Willow got not.
6: shot. There we go. Willow was
5: shot. There
1: We move through a layer of fog as morning dawns on the small town of Mercy's Creek. The fog that took the town the night before has begun to fade now as the town wakes up. Store doors are unlocked. The market welcomes its first few delivery drivers with today's goods. Bleary eyes examine themselves in smudged mirrors as teeth are brushed, hair is combed all over town. The milkman Harvey Ferguson is already two hours into his morning work. The unending clinking of milk bottles beats against his weary head as he drives his little white and blue van. He greatly regrets the late night at Spots Pub as the bottles clinking goes into overdrive as he moves through the badly tarred main street. Looking resentfully at the dawn, wishing to never see one again. How he'd love to leave it all and find a job with night shifts. Wake up late in the day and never see a goddamn sunrise ever again. But he knows it wouldn't take long before he hated the late nights too. Woe his discontent, as his mother would say. He drives along the main street before stopping at the cafe. Mabel Goss comes to meet him, taking her usual order of milk and cream. Ain't the chef meant to do this? Uh, what's his name? Alex, or his missus? Harvey says, looking around the cafe as he helps Mabel with the crates. And I expected them both here an hour ago. She didn't show yesterday, probably just an argument or something. But uh, I've run this place on my own before. I'll be fine. Anyway, thanks, Harvey. Coming to the meeting tonight? Yep, no one's been mowing out near Hampton. Looks like a crack house. I'll make a complaint. Harvey begins driving up the main street again. He checks his watch. 7am. The main street felt oddly deserted for such a time. No cars. No dog walkers. Yes, the shop owners were here. But where was Mrs. Hillaway? She always waved to him on her way from the bakery. Yet the street was empty. He was almost relieved to see someone out and about a few moments later. Sheriff Whitaker was sitting on the stairs to the station as he always did, a cigarette in his mouth. But Whitaker didn't wave. He didn't give his usual nod of greeting. He just stared at Harvey. Harvey almost felt like he was being interrogated, investigated. He just stared at Harvey, searching his eyes, searching for something. Harvey passed, and he let the thoughts slip from his mind, as he often did with things that were bizarre or out of the ordinary, or just slightly uncomfortable. That was the only natural thing to do. The only easy thing to do. We moved through the demolished inside of the Mercy Clinic. The Sheriff's Department was called, and no one answered. No one had been able to get a clear signal or connection to the neighbouring town's police force. Something wrong with the line, a nurse had said. Security tapes had been checked. All they found were corrupted files, as soon as a large group of -of out-of-towners had congregated in the entrance hall. No injured, just a lot of spooked patients, one missing, and a hell of a lot of damage. It looked as if a truck had careened from the second story through much of the lower floor's load-bearing walls. We once again find ourselves in the main street. Olivia and Buddy, you sit in King's General Practice. Dr King is once again away at Hillcrest University. This was the only place you could think to go. You had found a set of keys to the front and back door that Jack had left in the truck. Father Pevensey has Tully laid on his back on a bed in one of the rooms. He has dressed his wounds and spent the past two hours speaking to him in a soothing tone, settling him down enough, calming his mind to the point he was finally able to drift off to sleep. Willow's body too was taken care of by Pevensey. He cleaned the wound washed her face and covered her body. In the waiting room, with view another cot has been assembled from spare cushions. Fabian is resting, both his hands heavily bandaged. Just about every bone in his hands has been shattered from all of his punches. He is battered and his nose has been realigned. Pevensey has done as much as he can, with plaster bandages to keep it generally in place. The bruising has spread from his nose to almost seal his eyes closed. Pevensey walks past and... "'places a hand on his forehead. "'He brushes the hair out of his eyes "'and sits down with you lot, "'with a pot of tea and some cups. "'He was unable to find milk or sugar, "'but the hot liquid fills you with a warmth from head to toe. "'Being with Pevensey strangely puts you at ease almost, "'even with Tully in the other room, "'breathing heavily, almost like a whistle, "'as he struggles to take each breath "'due to damage to his jaw and ribs. "'And even with the ever-looming presence of Willow's body, "'not two rooms away, You feel calm as autumn sunlight begins to pour into the small clinic.
0: suppose you want a marshmallow to go with that tea? I
4: would love a marshmallow. Oh, okay, yeah. Cool, cool. Have we had a chance to go back and get changed? No. Okay, so we've Mm -hmm. just gone straight to the general practice.
1: Yeah. So basically, to just give you a general idea, now that Emily is here, you guys have basically been kind of put in lockdown. Mm -hmm. They don't know what the situation is, they don't know how to deal with the situation, they know you guys are now involved, and so you're Sort of being held here, like you can do what you want. Tuck's left, basically. Tuck's doing his own. Uh, tuck's around, but he's like come and gone a fair bit. And Jess is at uh, Mercy's clinic with Derek because mm. Derek's being looked after. Um, yeah, so you haven't really been allowed to go too far.
2: Mm. So
4: yeah. can't go back to Salem's. No. Okay, All right. Well. <clears> oh. <throat> Okay, kind of shifts in her seat and says, I really wish that they were like showers in the general practice.
0: Yeah, showers aren't something you would commonly find in a, at a GP.
4: No, I know. It's just... After last night, I just want to take a shower. I want to switch off and it's, it's like I can't. We've been, we've been locked down and we can't do anything to feel normal again.
0: Maybe it's for the best. I'm starting to think there's nothing we can do.
4: It's not entirely hopeless. We can enjoy the things that are still normal, like cups of tea and marshmallows.
3: Did somebody say
4: marshmallows? Uh, (laughs) Hello,
3: hi.
0: Hi, Um. yeah. He, here you go, um, they won't taste as inspirational
3: as you <laughs> might hope, but... I don't know what that means, is that, is that a Canadian thing? It's uh, i it's I'll a, it's take a one cooking. regardless. It's a, nice. it's a mm-hmm. cooking <clears> thing.
2: <throat>
3: I'm sure that this is difficult, not being able to move about as freely as you would like, but...
0: Also, uh, hi, I'm Buddy.
3: Ah, Buddy. Uh, Reverend Pevensey. it's very nice oh, to meet Reverend, you. Reverend... Uh, you can just could call they? me Pevensey. that's fine. Okay. Or Peter.
0: Okay. Pete? Uh, Peter. Yeah. I'll just call you Father Pevensey.
3: I think that's not the tone you were just using. <laughs> probably not.
4: <laughs> I am oh, live, oh. by the way. Nice to meet you, Reverend. It's
3: good to meet you too. Um,
4: oh, I... and thank you for the tea.
3: Oh, no, no, that's fine, that's fine. Um, I know it probably doesn't help a great deal, but I have lived through several such events as this, um... It may not be any great consolation, but normal things like showers and your own bed do not tend to feel normal at times like this. Sometimes it is better to stay with what is unfamiliar than to feel unanchored from your normal life, if that makes sense. These things, as horrible or hard as they can be, usually run their course rather quickly, and then we'll have to pick up pieces so just bear through at the moment anyway that's the only advice i can give but you didn't ask so i'll um, i'll leave you to talk i
4: appreciate the advice regardless you're very welcome and liv just sits back and stares out presumably they're next to a window
3: Just a hole in the wall.
4: (laughs) For Tully to walk through when he wakes up. Um, Yeah, so Liv sits back in her chair, looks out the window and just enjoys the morning light and the cup of tea in the marshmallow, trying to find some form of joy in what's left over.
1: We move downstairs. Gideon walks up to Ben, Emily, and he faces Warwick. He holds out his hand to Warwick in a sort of Awkward way. Uh, so I, I want to apologise for my behaviour towards you. If it wasn't for you last night, those things would have torn me and my brother to shreds. And the fact he's still alive up there is thanks to all of you.
3: Hmm. Listen... I don't mean to sound harsh, but that's just part and parcel of the job. It comes with the territory, but you're a soldier. Your brother's a soldier. This is what we do. There's no need for thanks. Hopefully this will teach you and your brother to not jump headfirst into fights from now on. Now that (laughs) does seem a little bit harsh.
1: Gideon Gideon looks at you as like, you threw them through walls, uh... (laughs) sir. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Gideon nods at you both before walking back upstairs to check on his brother.
3: He's right, you know. You two are quite amazing. Not what I expected. You would fit right right in with the agency. Now, that might seem like an insult, but it's the truth. You see this very small smile spread across Emily's face. Well, we are the originals after all. Oofed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Damn.
1: Um, so, <laughs> uh, could you describe Emily again? We didn't, we had a bit of a one for
3: last session. Uh, Emily's a mite younger than we have seen her in uh, seasons, really just season two of Dark Tires. Yeah, she's like 20. She's about 20 uh, here. She is still short, uh, but with quite an athletic build Um, more along the lines of uh, a gymnast or a cross-country runner. She's built for speed and dexterity in uh, her training. Uh, Her hair is cut quite short with uh, very noticeable blue highlights streaked through it, um, almost the entirety of it. Her dress is attempting to be inconspicuous. She's wearing... um, dark jeans and a light blue denim jacket. She's wearing a T-shirt underneath. She has put on a scarf as it's a little bit colder now than she was expecting. Uh, On her hands previously, though they're now tucked in a back pocket, are uh, very hardy leather climbing gloves, Uh, the kind you might use for rock climbing or scaling something. Uh, and a heavy work belt that is somewhat hidden by her jacket. Cool. Okay. Uh, We slowly pull
1: back from this uh, conversation as Emily grins at Ben Mears, and Ben Mears tries to work out whether he should turn this into an argument about the legitimacy of his organisation or not, and we move uh, down the street to where Tuck Marsh is currently walking. He left the general practice as soon as the sun rose. You have been walking, trying to clear your head. You keep turning the packet of cigarettes over in your hand, trying to remember when uh, last you used your lighter, or if it was maybe just a coincidence. But that isn't the only thing on your mind. While in the general practice, you needed to calm down. You needed a smoke. You went through one of the desks looking for a lighter, or maybe some matches, when you found Jack's desk in one of the back rooms. You knew knew he smoked, so you went through his desk, and you found something. A photo at the bottom of one of the desks. It turned that yellowish-pink as all photos from that era. It was a photo of all of you. Tuck, you were standing near the back, as always. Jack wasn't there, as he was most likely taking the photo. You were in your old hideout. A small pit you had dug in the forest before creating walls with sticks and a roof with branches. You were in the process of creating the walls when the photo was taken. There you were, pocket knife in in mouth, as you attempted to hold a clump of sticks to the wall. Jess was putting a uh, well-placed nail into each of the large sticks as you held them. Uh, Buddy was standing over you two, pointing at the camera, his thin face smiling and his bony arm outstretched, waving. Willow and Floyd stood a little ways off, Floyd looking at what you remember was Jack's detailed plan of the hideout. Floyd's brow is furrowed as he tries to understand it. Willow is pointing at different parts of it. Tully is looking up at uh, Buddy in the process of picking up a box of nails that he'd kicked over. Olivia, also staring at Buddy, was in the process of carving a stick man into a nearby tree. The photo is what is mostly sticking in your mind. And the fact that Jack still had it.
3: What are you thinking over? Tuck is... Trying very hard to do something that he doesn't do often, which is uh, logically, methodically step through a problem. He's trying to decide how he feels and what he wants to do and how to do it. And he's slowly assembling a list in his mind. So far, the list reads the rat. Dr King Willow's room Floyd and he is heading for the woods
1: okay you reach the street corner and find yourself looking up at the sheriff's department so the sheriff's department is one of the corners that then leads up to one of the roads that then goes and joins join the avenue which you know then leads to the woods and leads to Hampton Mansion and all that type of stuff it's the quickest way to get to the woods but you're at the uh, edge of this street Mm -hmm. you see an old gold Mercedes Sheriff Whitaker's car. You remember nicknaming it the Thirsty Merc, as you would see Whitaker at the gas station on your way to school, filling it up, and you would see him again on your walk home, once again filling it up. Yep. As you stand looking at the car, you begin to hear voices again, like at the clinic, but this time you recognise the voices. You feel yourself go dizzy, and unable to catch yourself, you fall. But you don't fall to the ground. You fall into the seat in front of Whitaker's desk As he sits down in front of you Younger, less lines on his face A bushy moustache covering his top lip He is holding a reinforced slingshot And a bag of steel ball bearings He drops it into a cardboard box labelled Tuckmash (laughs) And then looks at you Now Turk The reason I dragged you in here ain't because of the slingshot Although you could easily blind someone with that And he like gestures with the box I want to talk to you about that group of yours. He pulls out a book and uh, swipes through the pages. It's one of those, like, folder-click-open books. hmm <clears throat> February 3rd, I had you in here for crashing Mr. Harlow's truck into one of those newly-made picnic tables. hmm Great time. March 6th, I had you in here for setting a cake on fire in one of the ovens at the woman's baking sales. Mm-hmm. March 31st, I had you in here for having a box full of knives in your locker at school. You got suspended and I was asked to have a word with you. Yeah. The list goes on and on, Tuck. And the main thing that stands out to me is the fact that, um... I don't know how to put this well. You didn't do a single one of these things. Mm. I know that Jessica Harlow never lets anyone else drive her precious Ford. You'd never be caught dead at a bake sale, let alone be cooking something at one. And I know from Charlie at the post office that Mrs. Olivia Kelly orders a lot of knife-sized parcels from Fishers and Shooters magazines. And then this. He holds up the slingshot. I saw Floyd Tibbet making this outside Harlow hardware not a week ago. So what I want to say is this. Those kids have a good friend in you covering for them all the time so much so they probably don't even know half the things that they should be in here for he pulls out a bunch of folders with uh your like just basically the names of your entire group on them Uh every single one of them is basically empty except for one with your name which is thick with three c's (laughs) (laughs) but you're growing up all of you and you won't be able to cover them forever. And you won't always have me around to do this. He begins pulling out the different pieces of paper, checking them over, making sure that they aren't like things you actually have done, and then scrunching them up and putting them in a waste paper basket. Mm-hmm. You love your friends, and this is your way of showing it. But, um... Just a suggestion, maybe find a better way of doing it. You know, maybe ride him a card or something like that
3: Tuck uh this is a memory right yes. I, adult Tuck hasn't like fallen into this no it's not like that. Harry Potter <laughs> no okay <laughs> just checking um Tuck almost certainly has a badly broken nose mm mm-hmm. um <laughs> I'm, I'm and he's attempting to grow his hair out long the result is a bad oily mess and <laughs> acne to to prove it but. um Tuck leans back on the chair. He actually puts a foot on the desk to, to rock it back a little bit. Uh, he has his Roll arms to crossed. Roll not fall back. Uh, 11, plus I'm assuming physical. Yeah. yeah 14. It's unnatural how far back you're going without it falling over.
5: You've <laughs> actually hooked your foot under the desk yeah. and like holding yourself.
3: Sheriff, you remember when my dad was running for Selectman? Mm-hmm. You remember his campaign slogan? No. Honesty above all else. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that doesn't apply to you. I am my father's son. Only in name. That cake was Buddy's. I turned the oven up. Jess was driving. I told her to hit the bench. Okay, did order the knives, but they're for me. And there's a whole heap of stuff that you don't know about Tully. He does... does, You look over to Tully's um,
1: folder and you do notice there are things in it. And he's like, yeah,
3: try me. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I think I am a good friend, but I'm a better leader. I'm not taking the blame for stuff I didn't do. I'm the one that pulls the strings, Sheriff everything those guys do, they do because I told them to. So don't go around putting out false charity saying that I'm a good friend and they're lucky to have me. I'm just doing my part by taking the blame for what I tell them to do. Sheriff gets up and
1: is starting to put the folders back into his like um, filing cabinet. So, well, then that leaves the correct thing to do. He turns back to you. If you are the leader, then it's your responsibility to lead them and lead them well. And that's, I think you're doing that to a degree. But they put a lot of faith in you and a lot of trust in you. So uh, he taps on the document scan. It's like, maybe just take that into consideration before a lot of this stuff. Because I can't protect you forever. I don't need your protection. <laughs> Young man, have you heard of Juvie? I have. You've been there for years.
3: Fair point. No comment. All right, uh, get out of here. Yeah, I'm going to try and take the uh, the slingshot. All right. the
2: natural one. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even
1: need to move. No, so you go to grab it. He's about to move it and you put your leg down the process and just fall backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Crack. All right, bye. (laughs) Okay, the the image dissolves and you find yourself standing still on the edge of the street. You jostle yourself a little bit, uh, slap yourself in the face, and look around, and you notice in the Mercedes, the Mercedes packed with boxes
3: and the door to the sheriff's department is open is the mercedes park at the front of the sheriff's mm-hmm. department i'm gonna look in see if the keys are in the ignition they're not i'm gonna drop down the sun visor see if they're in there no just checking <laughs> <laughs>
4: A huntsman falls into your lap. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> um, I'm Queensland.
3: Alright, I'm going to go. I'm just going to step inside the sheriff's office and knock on the door. Okay. You step into the sheriff's department and you've never seen it like this. All the
1: lights are off. It is dark. It is dingy. It is utterly quiet. What time of day is it? This is... It's about 8am now. Okay. Um, you know there is always someone at the desk. There's always people moving around. There's always someone in one of the cells but he's completely quiet. There's no one in. He's completely dead. The door to the sheriff's office is open and you can see Whitaker moving things around and packing things into
3: boxes. Hmm. Looks like you're clearing out in a hurry. Sheriff, the sheriff doesn't
1: like... Jump or react. He just moves over and opens up the lowest part of his uh, filing cabinets and starts pulling stuff out of it and putting it into a box.
3: Yep. You're skipping town. More or less. Is this the part where you're telling me you're two days from retirement? He stands up and
1: put a. Uh, puts a, a box on top of another one, picks it up and starts coming through the door. Nope, I plan to die doing this job, but uh, not anymore. He starts to head down the stairs to, towards the Mercedes. This is a joke, right? He drops the boxes on the street and looks up to you. They're all gone, Tuck. Who? The deputies. He opens the boots and starts packing boxes in. Elk. Which ones?
3: All of them except Derek. And Derek's in the hospital. Derek's the only good one you had. I knew the rest of them. He packs the box in and slams it and starts heading back up.
1: He stops at the door and looks in to the completely dark sheriff's department.
3: He is a good one. And you're going to leave him here. And you're going to run, tail between your legs. How long have you been doing this job? He Longer is- than I've been alive, that's for
1: sure he smiles and looks over towards the, a line on one of the walls is just a line of basically every five years they would do like a, a sheriff's department photo and they're all lined across the walls and you can see in just about every single one of them he's there but with a completely new group of deputies, completely different management all that type of stuff um, you would know generally that he's been doing this
3: for well over 30 years Tuck is getting Tucky's not uh, emotionally intelligent uh, but he's beginning to twitch with rage at this point mm-hmm. so you're running now and he's like looking along the line of photos, he moves to the most recent one and he pushes it up from the bottom so it falls off its hook and drops and smashes on the ground He starts moving along the line, doing it to every single photo. How many years? And you're running now? Whitaker? You're running now? You're gonna abandon us now. What do you have to live for that isn't in this town? What does this town have to live for if you're gonna run? You're the only one that we could keep together. I know how the selectmen work. I know that that is bullshit. Don't do anything. You do things. You're the only one that keeps this town running. And if you leave, then the town is dead. So how dare you tell me that you are going to leave? He's working his way right back. (laughs) The photos are like (laughs) black and white. (laughs)
1: Uh, Sheriff is watching you. Knock them over and he's kind of just standing there. He looks over, moves to his office, closes the door, and pulls out a set of keys and locks it. He then checks down the corridor, which uh, has all the nighttime cells in it, checks it, closes the door, and locks it. This town's dead already.
3: so what so we just leave it he looks up at you
1: you hate this town why do you suddenly
3: care you could hate home but it's still home this town's the only thing there is to come back to dead or alive hate it or don't You once told me you were protecting me. You remember what I said? It's been a long time, Doc. I I told you I didn't need you to protect me. And I was lying. Of course I was lying. I was relying on you to keep me out of juvie. So you're quitting now? You're quitting on me? You're quitting on them you're quitting on every other defenseless worthless person in this worthless town I hated you for a long time but you were the only person that I could actually look up to who had any worth and now you're running town isn't dead until you go He looks
1: back at you as he's moving to the doors and he's looking at them both and he's fiddling with his keys
2: No I
1: remember her saying that there's no good in small towns there's just evil And those who don't want to get their nose into it. Those who don't want to rock the boat, which is an evil of itself. This town It's in his pocket. He pulls The front door key ring off from the rest of his keys and drops it onto the floor and starts to make his way down to the mercedes
3: fine go leave us for dead just you're a coward whittaker He
1: pulls open the door to his Mercedes and is in the process of getting into it when he looks back up at you. You know, Jack came to speak to me. He wanted to warn me that you all were coming here. There's a reason. You may not have seen it, but why Jack asked you here. He knew you would all defend this town. Even if you hated it. And he gets into the car, turns the ignition, and starts to pull off. And in a few moments, his car is gone. You then hear a... As the door to his office slowly swings open. He didn't lock it. Tuck's going to step through. You push open the door and find that it is just about entirely stripped bare, but you see two things on the desk. You have sat in front of this desk a lot of times, but this time you walk up to it and you find a box and you find next to the box a sheriff's badge. And you reach into the box and you pull out Floyd's slingshot.
3: Tuck is going to take the slingshot. And before he leaves, he's going to go and pick up the most recent Sheriff's Station photo. The one that has both Whitaker and Derek in it. Yep, so this one was two years
1: ago. And as you're picking up, you hear a click, clack, click, clack coming up the steps and you hear Jess and Derek talking a little bit and you see Derek Harlow and Jess Harlow coming through the front doors. You see Derek Harlow using crutches and looking incredibly battered and basically just like... Blue and <laughs> blue and purple all over, and Jess helping him up the stairs because he has never used crutches before and has no idea how to like use them properly. And he scans the room, seeing it completely dark, and he moves his foot, slides to the side, and sees the key to the front door under his foot. And he tries to go to like
3: pick it up, but can't lean down low enough. Tuckle, duck down, and grab them. The old man's closed-up shop.
6: Oh, really?
3: Derek takes
1: it and looks at you for a second, and then moves off to the the sheriff's like office and pushes open the door and looks around for himself. Ah, I knew everyone else had. But- Alrighty. He's going to make his way over to one of the filing cabinets
3: and start pulling them open. Uh, that's not helpful at all. Hey Jess, can I, um... Can we step outside for a second?
6: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I need some air. Let's, yeah.
3: Okay, yeah, you step out and you leave
1: Derek in the Sheriff's Department. He watches you both go and then moves over ...and closes the sheriff's door. He makes his way over to the desk... ...slowly lowering himself into the chair... ...and he picks up the sheriff's badge... ...and he pockets it. And he pulls open one of the desk drawers... ...and finds a file. The file reads... ...Mr Bates. He slaps it down onto the desk... ...and flicks it open. And he pulls... ...the phone... ...close to him and he begins dialing numbers. We cut to you guys outside.
3: You want a cigarette?
6: God, yes. You got a lighter? Yes.
1: Of mine? No, so it's one of those clear plastic blue ones that is not. not, Your one's a bit more bespoke, and
3: it's a. Have you ever described it? Um, Maybe. It's like a little um, faux brass plated um, gold looking flick light of the old kind. The lid. With the lid that clicks. Yeah.
6: Blockbuster is like half scratched off. (laughs)
3: <laughs> one. <It> says block
5: <laughs> hey you want to yeah. borrow my black lighter
3: uh, Tuck's gonna put both cigarettes in his mouth light them and then hand one to you thanks can I ask you something
6: sure what up
3: did you mean it what you said about having a kid
6: yeah. So remember remember when we broke into the school and there was like all the FBI and we ended up finding Elizabeth? Yeah. Remember how I threw up that night? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you know me. I I can handle that kind of stuff. But that that's what ticked me off, um, so, uh, next day I took a pregnancy test, and, yeah, I'm not sure who the dad is, but, basically, as soon as the curfew was lifted, as soon as I had the chance, I left, even my parents don't know, um, so... She's gonna be 10 soon. I don't even know her name. (laughs) The the one condition the adoption center had was that as soon as she was born, I didn't get to hold her. I didn't get to name her. It was... (laughs) Yeah. So somewhere out there in the world is a little Jess. And I don't even know what she looks like. I don't know. Her, I know nothing. And she could have been the one good thing in my life, but I, I was eighteen. I was eighteen. I could. I went to church every Sunday. There was no way I could face my parents and be like, "Hey, I'm, I'm pregnant." I suspect it was one of the parties we had before the curfew with you know and yeah probably had too many I I don't even remember it but yeah one fucked up night and now the one good thing that I could have had because you know how they always say like motherhood is amazing and but you know me yeah, I couldn't 18, No job, no future, and a kid. Couldn't do that. <sighs> yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I have a daughter. I have a daughter.
3: <laughs> Tuck puts an arm around your shoulder and kind of pulls you into a half hug so that your head's on his shoulder. Largely so that you can't see that he's crying. <laughs> <clears throat> look I reckon if you could line up all the kids in Canada you'd be able to find her she'd be the one dismantling something
6: <laughs> yeah I've, I've thought about trying to find her a couple of times but I've got, I've got nothing got no information. I don't even know where I'd even start.
3: Listen, if you, um... <clears throat> if you really want to find her... I can help. I'm sure I can do something.
6: Look, I'll make a deal. If we somehow make it out of Mercy Creek alive, sure. Let's find her.
3: Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure it would have been messy with your parents, but... They seem to like being grandparents. Yeah. Let's just make sure that... Uh, <laughs> let's make sure that they're grandparents for her to meet, and um, yeah. town's still standing. Yeah. <laughs> And and an uncle who's the sheriff who can sweep anything under the rug. (laughs) Yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Thanks. Yeah. Roll for me.
6: Uh, Ah, fuck. are we both rolling? I don't believe. Yeah, just, right. a, just
3: a straight roll. Yeah, nine.
6: Roll Nat twelve.
3: Okay. God yeah, damn it.
6: <laughs> sorry. Do you want me to roll shitty?
1: No. Just means I have to reverse my plans.
6: Ah, sorry. I'll, yeah. Just, it's still good. God damn it. <laughs> it's still not. We
5: have autonomy here, Chester. <laughs> if,
0: if you want them to do bad, don't make them roll. <laughs> yeah.
6: Make us roll a D6 or something. No, it
5: just made sense that
1: you guys, because you're on the street. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Tuck, you're not particularly paying attention to the street itself, but Jess, you're kind of, despite this conversation, you're still kind of scanning things a bit mm. with bring your brother here. You're a bit on edge because he's not supposed to be out of the hospital, but he demanded to go. Um, yeah. Uh, and you look up the street and you see Mr. Bates sitting at Mercy's Cafe.
6: Um, Jess is going to take one big inhale of her cigarette, basically finishing like half of it in one breath before like just dropping on the ground, stepping on it and then just walking. She's not going to say anything to talk, but he, she's just going to head straight to miss debates yeah,
1: How do you do my little biscuits my name is chester lidden and i'm here to talk to you about the dark tides patreon at patreon.com dark tides is the best way to support the show we are so close to our first patreon goal which is 25 patrons will then let us do an officer randy solo episode Alright, right if you're experienced with the show you know you want that we have a heap of other stuff we've got a post show that is so much fun, where we discuss the events of the episode, Aubrey's kind of writing, approaches, and all that stuff throughout all of Dark Tides, and we've even got a few of those episodes for the ever-pleasant Mr. Bates coming out. If Mr. Bates is a little too serious, a little too slow for you, you want something a bit more action-y, a bit more dumb, a bit more fun, we've got Solar Scar on the Dark Tides Patreon, which is a sci-fi series starring myself, Aubrey Lyddon, and BJ Ingate. It is... Uh, Just about like Dark Tides, but with laser guns Uh, is a lot of fun. Uh, A very different tone, but heaps of fun. So I would definitely recommend checking out. And also just a sneaky, sneaky little thing that uh, not many people know. But once Mr. Bates finishes airing, the Mr. Bates sequel series will be going up on the Dark Tides Patreon. Just, 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 just keep, keep that to yourself. Keep that to yourself. You, you, only, you only spread that around. It's, it's just a little, little something, something for you and me to know, you and me to, to, to keep uh, just between us. So uh, if you would like to support the show... Uh, get an Officer Randy solo mission or experience a hell of a lot of different shows and all that type of stuff, head over to patreon.com slash darktides. We have a range of different prices. So something should be able to fit within your budget. We understand everyone's financial situations are different, but there should be an option for everyone. See you there. We're going to cut now back to uh, King's General Practice. Pevensey has gone back in to check on Tully. Uh, So do I roll to wake up?
5: Sure. (laughs) Roll for (laughs) consciousness. Roll for (laughs) your life. Are we going to go do adventures now or are we still stuck? Give it a roll, yes. It can be adventure time, man. Uh, That's a
1: nine. Okay, uh, you wake up, you see Pevensey has just left your room and is going into Willow Holmes' room. You don't know if it's Willow Holmes' room, but he's yeah. going to another room just to check on her dead body um,
6: yep still dead
1: still there still <laughs> dead let me open a window gotta air all the death out gotta air all the death out um, um,
4: I would like to just point out that I've had this conversation with her because she actually asked why the heck does Olivia still study she's setting to become a funeral director <laughs> <laughs> so I was like should Liv go into Willow's room and like start embalming
6: no <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Don't <laughs> shove massive no. needles
1: into your friends. <laughs> no. <sighs> I talk you. I she's going to you- change <laughs> course again very soon after the... <laughs> Okay, Tully, you like lean up with a start and swing your legs off the, the bed and your legs immediately crumple underneath uh, immediately you, just down like to, like your to your, your knees. knees. <laughs> and you're like,
5: all right, back up we go.
1: Grab onto the bed to lean yourself
5: up. It's like, yeah, hey, uh, alive. I, I, lie, <laughs> I lie back down, was like, woo, all right. Um, how much have I regained any health? Um, we're going to say,
1: everyone, you're back to full health, except for Tully. I'm going to say you're at half health.
6: Look at you having an official character sheet. Oh.
5: <laughs> yes, because I, I have a printer. It's I'm so elitist like that. I just printed the document that we got sent. I
6: don't own a printer.
5: We do. It doesn't work. Um,
6: <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Okay, we, so... we decided
5: we need a, a production company printer eventually. It'll go in the middle of the table. Great. <laughs> okay, so what are Olivia and Bud talking about?
4: Olivia is just sitting there twirling like a bit of Hair around her finger, noticing that her peanut butter brown colored hair is now turning more like a dirty blonde because she really needs a shower at this point. She's like, "It's day three, hair wash day was yesterday. This is a disaster." Like her mind is just filled with, "I need to wash myself."
5: <laughs> and not two of my friends are dead. Well, I
4: mean, considering that she's studying <laughs> no, to become no, a you don't need to director, it. it's okay. Don't worry. She's like, look, they're dead. they um, they're dead.
5: <laughs> I don't have any emotion connection do I do to my friends it? when they die either, so it's fine. It's no object no. permanence. She
4: has a tendency to kind of shove her unpleasant emotions into a corner, and she's like, I'm not going to acknowledge <laughs> you this. You don't say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but Bud will... <laughs> Bud's going to go over to the very morbid uh, Olivia. Um, and he's just... Uh, Hey, Liv. Hmm. Um. Sorry, that was just w- so casual. Uh, never mind. Um. Scratch that. <clears throat> hey, uh, Liv.
2: Hmm.
1: Did they just redo the conversation in
5: character? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was, that was too formal. Hey, Liv.
2: Uh-huh. Yes. Still listening. Can <laughs> we
5: say that, that, that all of that is what Buddy said? Yes. <laughs> yep. we do we want to
4: redo it with no! the whole... No, no sorry. Liv,
0: Um in the hospital, mm. did you find anything out?
4: Yeah. Uh so when Willow and I went we snuck out while you guys were distracting everyone. Um we went upstairs to Weaver's room. Uh busted open a door, closed it again, found something that we didn't want to find. Um and then busted open the second door and found can, Weaver. Can
0: you get to the point.
4: Yeah, cool. Um Vespa. Oh, d- okay, white shadowy guy. Um no. It's all... Ah. Okay, so all right, Persona. Breathe. Persona? Yes. You remember what Persona are? No. Okay. Um, persona are those black smoky things.
0: The shadowy boys?
4: Yeah, shadowy boys. Um, so shadowy boys with pointy-pointy knives. <laughs>
1: yes, that is my law.
4: <laughs> Shadow boys with pointy knives used to be white boys with no knives. Uh, Their Persona...
2: <laughs> I'm seriously
0: regretting this. That sounds rather okay. problematic.
2: Let's read. It's the '90s.
6: Doesn't make Doesn't make it
1: nice.
6: better. <laughs> Michael Jackson.
4: <laughs> okay, so basically, Vesper is like, I suppose, the spirit of Weaver. Um, and I was able to have a conversation with this uncontaminated uncorrupted persona of Weaver because his person is still alive like his vessel is still alive so but all of the ones that are shadowy boys don't have their um, vessels alive anymore and they've been corrupted uh, and now that Bates is in possession of them he, they're going to corrupt him basically and which can only mean bad things for us. Essentially, Bates thinks that he's won, but he's played right into the hands of the persona.
0: Okay. I think I'm following. But, um... I don't understand at all. I'm sorry. Uh, So... So... The blind guy is corrupted, and that is bad.
4: Yes, because he now has power. Power and corruption equal domination. This town will be decimated. <coughs> Do you
6: follow? <laughs> <coughs>
5: you hear this coming from like, the room that Tully's in.
6: <coughs> yeah. Hey, uh
5: some water in
0: here or something that'd be oh one sec yeah let me uh I have some custard for you
2: <laughs> it's, it's thick yeah. like water <laughs>
0: you, can you can drink it yeah. buddy begins pouring it into a mug uh, Liv walks up.
4: over to a tap and she actually pours normal <clears throat> tap water and you she's like slip. here you go
2: Oh, West Cup has a lid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks.
4: So, uh, what did I miss?
0: So, Liv was explaining that...
4: Oh, no, 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 don't worry. We don't have to go through that again. Um, I I, I, I was
5: right here. I heard that bit.
4: Okay. Oh, All right. (laughs) Um, Um, Ben Mears has a whole recording.
5: I mean... um,
4: Of the whole conversation.
5: Willow. Is she okay? Tully?
4: She went back upstairs? I,
5: yeah, no, I know. I know she went back upstairs. Do Tally.
4: you, did you, do you did remember she... a gunshot?
5: Yeah, I heard the gu- Yeah, I know. I know She's she dead. got shot. Okay. I thought so. I just... I hoped. Mm. I only saw... Her when she was running in, I didn't actually i assumed so
0: what was the the last thing that you saw before you?
2: Uh, i
5: i heard i i saw her in in the room and i heard her and then uh something hit me from behind and i turned around and there was one of those creatures and uh, he he gestures to his various injuries he must be up pretty good and uh and then something must have distracted him, and he ran off. And uh, I couldn't—I was facing the wall; I couldn't see anything. And then I heard the gunshot, and uh, I assumed that. But I couldn't actually stand to go and check, so I just thought maybe I should try. But yeah.
4: If Thanks. It's any consolation—it was one to the head. She would have barely seen it coming. <sighs>
5: Thanks, and uh, thanks for the for the custard too. This Anytime. real real great man. Like, for the custard. <laughs> he like uh, Drink okay. that
2: up, <laughs> grabs
5: it. It's, it's like a <laughs> symbolic gesture. He's like, yeah, thanks. I'm gonna have some of this. Um, Stop. <laughs> and he like has a sip this and... is a
0: nat 12 custard oh. I have made
5: okay I was going to
1: say how many clumps were in it but it's alright yeah, it is perfectly smooth <laughs> even though it's cold it's like it's still
5: smooth <laughs> and it still runs it doesn't like drip 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 in oh, like big bits wow, it's still nice. smooth oh. Uh well I rolled a 6 for him being able to drink it <laughs> so he like kind of coughs a little bit <clears throat>
1: You've it bit, you've you've, bitten it, you've bit into your tongue in like the yeah. process of the beating, and so now this is just burning it, the like
5: hole in your tongue. Like, uh, it kind of tastes like blood, but I think that's me. He picks up the water again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy.
4: Anytime. Water also tastes like blood.
0: Make sure you, you drink that up, and that will that will heal
5: you quicker. Mm. Oh, I'll drink it up. Don't don't you worry about it. And he lies back down and. Kind of closes his eyes.
4: Has Has anyone seen Ben Mears now, now that I think about it? He has the recording of all of the information that all of us should know before we see Bates. Also, where's Tuck and Jess? Where'd they go? One sec.
5: Did they
0: I make... have no idea.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: did they come... Tully's like, he's still got his eyes closed and he's like lying down, but he's still talking to you. He's like, did they come back here with... Where are oh, we?
0: Knowing Tuck.
4: King's general.
0: He would probably oh, right. leave as soon as he
5: could. Mm. Did they come back here with, with you guys? Yeah, yeah, they came back. Okay. They
4: came back, but I remember hearing doors opening and closing and some kind of grumbling and shuffling sounding like Tuck. So I presume that that was him leaving, but I haven't heard him come back.
5: Uh, he's probably running somewhere. We should probably go try and find him at some point if we can.
4: Also, Ben Mears, though, like, where, where are all of them? Where have they gone?
1: So, basically, the tier representatives have talk, spoken to you, but you know they're generally downstairs in yeah. the kind of street area. Some are being sent to, like, check out different locations. But you know there's, there's someone downstairs, probably not Ben, it's most likely Gideon. Ben's not going to babysit you guys all day. <laughs> um, okay, so what are we going to do?
0: I was just about to ask that
1: Tully you get up holding your side and you go over not to the main window that overlooks the street you go over to the other side one the one that the light was coming in before for you guys and you look out and you remember the conversation you had with Frank Hill Mm -hmm. about the caravan park about Orlando and you realise what you can see and the two of you look over as Tully pulls open the window Hold up. And steps out onto the roof of the next building. It's Western style, all the roofs from this point onwards are long, and you can see the bridge and then,
5: off in the distance, the caravan park. All right, Tully turns back to you and he goes, My friends, an escape route. <laughs>
1: We now cut back to the main street as Jess Harlow is crossing the street. Ha- cars honking at her as she is walking towards Mr. Bates.
6: Yeah. Is Tuck following me or? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because she's not like she's in a power walk. Yeah. Eyes are locked on him.
5: Can you get a little bit close to your microphone?
6: No. How dare you request such a thing? I know. <laughs> yeah, Do you want me to say that again? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, she's locked eyes with Mr. Bates, is walking straight, Um, does not give a care about any of the cars or anything. She knows it's a small town. She knows they'll stop. Fingers crossed. <laughs> roll for car.
5: Yeah, roll for car. Uh, <laughs> I no! Mean, it's, it's more
6: rolling for how good, <laughs> how good
5: the brakes are on these old cars. Four. Yeah. Because okay. the driver wants to stop. But <laughs> will the car? Jess is now surely. dead. <laughs>
1: okay, so... Uh, Yeah, they're stopping. One like bumps into you a little bit as he screeches on, and there are people literally getting out of their cars and yelling at you (laughs) as
6: you're crossing over. Walking, and Bates has
3: now noticed the sound as looking towards the street with an a. The one that bumps Jess and the person starts getting out. Tuck just steps around the car, like grabs them by the head and pushes them back into (laughs) the car and closes the door.
6: You, you. Oh, boy. I just... Everything... I I just... I can't even... Hello, Jess. (laughs) Everything is wrong. And everyone's pointing fingers at you and just... Why, why, why did, why everything hurts? Why, why does it all point to you? And Why can't you just leave so I can get my happy ending?
1: He turns his chair around to face you and he crosses his legs and looks up generally to where your face is. He can't quite tell, says, was Jess. I'm trying to make the happy ending here. And that is hard to see. It's hard to see through all the trees when things are dark like this and difficult like this. But believe me, I am trying my best here. And things are hard and I apologise for that. I've made things hard.
6: (sighs) No, you... (laughs) My friends are dead because of you. How are you making this better? If you're really trying to make it better, then just make it stop hurting. Just make it stop.
1: He kind of encloses his hands and looks up at you and says... Yes. I did not kill Jack Finney, and I did not kill Willow Holmes. Events have been set in place, and there are dangerous things in this world. Weaver is one of them. Wherever he is, he is a danger. But there are greater dangers on the way, Jess. I need you to understand that. You want a happy ending? I want you to have a happy ending, too. I want all of us to because the tides are rising, Jess. And things are going to get bad before they get worse. That is what I'm trying to do here, Jess. I am trying to create a raft. I am trying to create a way for people to survive the rising tides. You don't need to understand that just yet. It's hard to understand, I understand that. It takes time for these things to become clear. I am sorry that it hurts, Jess, but it's going to hurt a lot more if we cannot do something about this, if we can't do something good here. That's what I'm trying to do. And you, you now actually look at him, and you look at him properly. He's changed out his jacket a little bit. He's still wearing most of the kind of raggedy old suit, but he's changed to a larger, kind of longer jacket, more wintry-based, um, to keep him warm. But he does not look well. Mm -hmm. He is thin. He has lost weight. His cheekbones are way more pronounced. He is grey. It's like the colour has been sucked from his cheeks. His eyes around the glasses are kind of darker and shadowy. It doesn't look like he's been able to sleep. He looks like he's in the process of a debilitating sickness. And it looks like he is cold as well, but he is clasping his hands they aren't shaking and as he's looking at you he looks older than he ever has before Jess I am running out of time but I made a promise that I would do this and I'm sorry I cannot leave because the work is yet to be done I promised good people that I would do good things and I will do them and
6: she just kind of Drops to her knees. She hasn't slept basically since Jack died.
1: He is going to like catch you in the process, which is amazing. Mm. And he's pull it, like pulls you around to the the chair next to him, like on the other side of his table, and sits you down there before sitting back at
6: his. So. What? Were... What do I need to do? What, what do you need me to do? I'll just, just tell me what to do.
1: Well, first thing, and he pats your hand, I want you to look after Derek, look after your family, look after your brother. I understand mm-hmm. he is unwell, and that I take responsibility for that as well. They mm-hmm. they are creatures of war, and I, I should have understood the risks better. I want you to look after him. And he's like inching his head to the side, hearing the thundering footsteps of Tuck coming over. I was like, uh, next would probably be stopping him from killing me.
6: (laughs) Yeah, Jess is going to immediately jump up and basically use herself as a shield between um, Tuck and Mr. Bates.
3: Tuck isn't storming. Okay.
6: Oh, okay.
3: As uh, I'm going to kill him.
6: He's just a very heavy walker.
4: That's <laughs> it's just the way He's he fat. is.
3: <laughs> Listen. I'm not very smart. So I'm going to need you to put this in the simplest terms you can. What is going on here? Why are you here? Why is this Weaver guy after you? He
1: leans back a little bit. Well, I can do as best I can because I do not know the full story. Weaver and his family have been after me and my family as long as I can remember. I was an eight-year-old boy when his grandfather And his great-uncle and other great-uncle found my father. He was tending the fields. And they murdered him. They sewed his eyes shut. And they killed him. They made him a scarecrow over our own fields. And I watched hiding in the barley. By the time I had run home, they'd beat me there as well. They had torn my mother limb from limb. They had burnt my baby sister alive. And they had tortured my older brother to death. And I ran. And I hid. And I did so until all of them were dead. I never rose to hand against them because I knew my mother would not have liked them. But Weaver, being the youngest and the last, has pursued me. And that is where it leads up to. There is apparently a great history to it, but not a history I am privy to, because my mother and father never wanted me to know. They didn't. They thought if I didn't know, if my siblings didn't know, then
3: we would be spared. But you're not. Like us. No. You look like us. I do not know what I am, but I am not like you now.
1: What are you? To be fair, I have fought in your wars. I lost my sight to your wars. I have lived in your world. I have lost for your world. So if that doesn't make me one of you, then I don't know what does.
3: what have you done to the people here? Because they aren't them. They're not in their right minds. Are they dead? Do you have some voodoo hold over them? Not exactly. Are they a security system? Are they guard dogs? It depends on what they want to do. They they
1: have a protective nature over me but that is because I like to think I'm a rather nice person Um, but no (laughs) they are wholly themselves and wholly something new, their memories are there their emotions are there, their mind is there but I have given them something new and let me just be completely honest here I have not done a single one of it by force I only accept those who come to me. It doesn't work otherwise. Unless they fully want it. It does not happen. They need to belong to me in heart for me to be able to reach them. I offer them peace of mind. I offer them freedom from their concerns by giving them a wider world view. They no longer see themselves as an insular box They see themselves as wider, larger. They can see themselves fully. They can see the situations they take. And what would normally destroy them is now just... a pebble on the road.
3: It's a little bit abstract for me. Let me put my side of this in terms that you'll understand. Two of my friends are dead. Because Weaver is hunting you. Apparently Weaver's not dead. No. You stopped the personas, all of you. They had one mission, which was to go in there. And find- I don't care. I don't care about you or your family. That's fine. I don't care about Weaver. Weaver's going to pay... So this is the question I've got for you. Forget about Weaver. I'm going to deal with Weaver. You justify to me right now why I shouldn't kill you two. And put aside the whole bullshit that you could stop me, that you're going to do whatever, that it's going to hurt the people around us. Like I said, I'm not that smart, and I'm not that good, either. You're a threat. Why should I not treat you as a threat? I'm not the threat, Tuck. Then what is?
1: The reason why I've always been interested in you, (sighs) Tuck, was... And pardon, Tuck. I am an old man and I like to go on <clears throat> extended explanations, but I would also just like to say if you're not willing to listen, then you're not going to learn. I've been told that for a long time. Well, you do keep saying you're not smart. Maybe listen. Tuck. You were a dreamer. you hear things, you see things you see beyond what is physical that is a great attribute it is rare one in a million a lot of musicians have it but it's never activated it's a sense of seeing deeper Tuck I have heard the voice of rage and ruin He is coming and when he does the slate will be wiped clear but if you want it in more personal terms this town is dying, Tuck the uh, primary and high school are barely able to run at this point of how few new children there are you've had the same selectmen for ten years There is no growth. There is no progress. This town will be dead in five years without me. I am the future of this town. I can make it strong. Because I don't make things strong. I make people strong.
6: Okay.
3: I think that clears it up. First Weaver. Then you. Whatever happens after that, happens. Jess, I'm going back to the hotel. Chuck's going to leave.
1: We're gonna cut back to the other group. Uh, well, was that?
4: I'm just imagining like a montage and I would walk 500 <laughs> miles of like Tully being carried by Buddy and Liv, like just-
0: It's Buddy who started I don't know this singing of like, come on guys, yeah. 500 miles enough.
3: I don't think that song was out then.
4: Oh, no. Was it?
3: Oh, I feel like that's an mind. early, early 2000s.
0: Mm-hmm. what
4: year? I'm gonna be 500 miles is 1987 oh, hey. really it was 80s. It's, it's 80s wow. hey yeah, yeah, guys
0: I heard I this new song that came out like four years it's ago
4: <laughs> and now it won't won't won't
6: won't five. Won't
0: it's by the Scott- Scottish band Scottish actually <laughs> I thought
6: it was to be Tully at because I was up, thinking up, about up, putting up, it on Jess's, Jess's playlist.
5: Anyway. Anyway. Okay,
1: back to uh, location <laughs> no, descriptions. No, no a little bit. The Caravan Park is one of the newer additions to the town. An attempt to provide affordable housing to lure young people to the creek and keep young people from leaving the creek. Mercy's Creek has been running to the issue of an aging population for the last 10 years. With its shrinking population and reducing workforce and no industry bringing in new workers, there is an ever-looming feeling that the creek is dying. The caravan park has been relatively unsuccessful. Many caravans remain empty and very little money has been poured into the venture. The whole area looks incredibly unkempt. The car park, not even three years old, is cracked. Grass has grown to knee height. um, Outside the areas that people walk, the car park is mostly empty, the painted lines have begun to peel, and skid tracks are everywhere from where people have done donuts. The caravan park, designed in the same style as the national park, has been spray painted to the point of just complete illegibility, it's a big sign, it says the most Creek caravan park. all that Probably.
5: Probably says that. Probably
1: says that. You can't tell. I tried to work out some like clever wordplay where they've spray-painted something else with caravan and I spent 10 minutes doing it and I gave up. Alright. Uh, yes. The caravans are laid out in grid formation. Some have been customised with picket fences, tin sheds, and a lot, but they have... It looks bad. Let's just be. Let's just be completely clear. It looks bad. So yeah, you uh, you walk up to here. It's feeling a bit warm now. It's still like the air's cold, but the sun's warm type of thing. So you're you're a bit tired now, and you've reached the car park. Welcome.
4: Okay,
5: so there's this any place body is trash absolutely hideous. Question,
4: I, I feel like you two have context as to why we walked all this way. Right.
1: Also, Olivia, uh, just a little more thing, Olivia and AK lived at the caravan park for a while, so Olivia knows her way around the caravan park.
4: Yeah.
5: Uh, oh, well, kind of, but I just wanted to get out of the practice, and then I was following Buddy, so oh. maybe you explain it.
0: Well, uh... she
4: slightly rolls her eyes <clears throat> and then looks over to Buddy.
0: A while ago, uh, we talked to a very, very aggressively weird and uncomfortable man. uh, Frank Hill. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, you've met him. <laughs> just, in,
0: just in the background while you guys are talking, we see
1: Bigfoot-style walking Frank Hill. <laughs> Gross. Huh? He's there. And then keeps going
0: faster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he disappears off into a bush. Uh, Those are I the mean,
6: people he's killing, <laughs> all I the s- Parkers. I took oh. a
0: series of notes uh, involving Nixon, uh, the Shadow People. There was a funny joke. You took notes?
5: Oh, that's told I to told take you to take
1: notes. Notes. no. I I remember. That. He uh, um, walks back with a Santa Claus style like sack over his back and it's wriggling. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Continues up, like starts running um, up the. It
0: does
5: have an arm hand but not a human uh, one. <laughs>
0: uh, we've just got a name, uh, Orlando, uh, at the caravan. Uh, in brackets, sucks.
5: Twitch, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, he I, was I right think about can that. Can confirm. I think, yes, we can confirm so we're, that. We're
5: here to find a guy called or a woman. Did he say? I can't remember I think, I think he said it was a guy.
1: Orlando. Do you feels think? Like
5: Do you think he anything. hangs
1: out with women?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you think
5: Frank
1: Hill
0: Who knows any Who women? <laughs> let me let me just. I don't think he, he's the kind of person who's very friendly with the with the ladies. I feel
5: like maybe that's a bit of a generalization. Well, Orlando we or Frank, marking, probably Frank. both. Anyway, uh. let's let's not read into it.
4: Let's just All right, find, no, let's
0: it. read deeply into
5: this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel
0: like
4: this is ah, very important nine, yes. to understand. Considering before. that Liv has lived here before, yeah. would she know which caravan has a person who would know? who lives in which caravan. Oh, yeah. Liv, you know, do you know where this
5: Orlando
1: guy lives? No, so you know the all the caravans are numbered and most of them have a last name or, like, a name on them, just, mm. like, on, like, the mailbox because, mm. basically, the mailman delivers the mail to the front office and then an office man goes through and delivers all the mails to the different caravans. So they have to have a name on them because he doesn't, like, because they swap out so often mm. that who's living where and all that type of stuff, he needs to know generally. So they usually have, it usually is like Smith 21. I'm
5: just imagining but. if we're walking down and it's like, Alaska, Colorado, <laughs> New York, Florida. Oh, it'll be that one. <laughs> well, you don't know that. <laughs>
4: yeah. Alright, so front desk would basically have little pigeonholes or something that mail goes sorted yeah. into. Yeah.
5: Okay, um, well, I vote that uh, one of you two goes in to talk to the receptions. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I, because uh, I am um, covered in blood still. So. Oh, I am buddy, also yeah. covered in yeah. your blood. Hey, Liv, do you want to go do that thing, and we'll stay hidden by the?
4: What's the receptionist's name? Uh,
5: Jason Bertha.
4: Bertha.
1: Bertha oh, Jenkins. And Liv. <laughs> Harry
5: Potter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he, buddy, just rips out a little piece of paper from a notebook uh, and, and hands it to you, and it's the notes that uh, he took talking to Frank. <laughs> <Bill>. <laughs>
4: They're here. Oh, oh, thank you, buddy. These will be. Very she, useful. She
1: folds it and just sticks it in her pocket. Yeah, she yeah. folds it,
4: sticks it in her pocket, and she's like, I'm going to go talk to Bertha. You two wait here. Okay. I want to make that very clear. You wait here. He you don't go wandering. Exactly he He's in the middle of the
5: driveway,
1: but he just sits down. Okay, you turn around, and they're immediately facing the window of the, like, the main office. There's no entrance bit to go and talk to them. Bertha just opens the window. You're like a foot away from these two. He <laughs> <laughs> just turned around, it's like you were having this conversation, like at the window, and she was watching you guys. And she's like, "Stay here." Turns around. Ah. So Liv <laughs> does
4: that turn around thing and slightly startled? <sighs> And then does the smooth arm thing, like, on the the windowsill. And she's like,
1: The
5: windowsill's up, so you're like this. Yeah, she's like, arm
4: above, no. I feel like arm above eye level on the windowsill. There's no point rolling it, you know it's bad. You know it's bad. (laughs) Um, So her arm is, like, almost eye level as she's talking to Bertha, who is just
6: up. She is up.
0: With with, with a 10, uh, Buddy's just going to walk over and pick up Liv to raise her up. Like, you
6: raise me
0: let up. Me, let me just spot you here.
3: Just, I think it's worth mentioning on the podcast, one of the funnest facts I've discovered about playing role-playing games is that you can role-play so many things, but your ability to flirt remains your own. You cannot improv <laughs> a better ability to flirt and I feel like that's what we're seeing here
4: oh, so good I'd like to point out I am not single so someone fell for it
2: uh- <laughs> oh,
0: oh,
3: oh. poor man impressive
0: she rolled a d12 It says a lot about you or a lot about him
4: or, or it's just I have learned one. how to fake my flirting. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. you faking then it? <laughs> no, flirting. this was intentional. Like, is, what would okay just, do? Oh, this are you just um.
5: revealing on a public podcast that you've faked your entire relationship? Is that what's happening?
4: No, I'm faking oh, my sh- flirting sh- in this.
3: Oh, that's much better.
5: <laughs>
4: yeah. Okay.
3: That's true. You can make it worse, yeah. but you cannot make it better.
4: Yeah, look, yeah. I'm intentionally making this horrendous. <laughs>
3: sure. Anyway,
0: <laughs> anyway, lifting you up.
4: Yeah. Liv is like, ooh, and she just kind of like puts her hands folded on the windowsill as she's dangling with her feet in the air, going, "Hi, Bertha." Um,
5: hello,
1: Amelia.
4: Uh, it's okay, but it's easy mistake. Okay, so to, make. to
1: describe Bertha, Bertha has a bright red, a bright red wig. Ooh, um, like oh. she thinks it's fashionable. She has what bright, kind of like wig? acid green eyeliner. Oh, Ooh. and like purple lipstick. Oh, she's old. Oh <laughs>
4: <laughs> Bertha, I am loving the eyeliner. It is absolutely fabulous.
1: Same as it always is.
4: Yeah, but I just I've never been able to see it, you know. I've always been just short. You're short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always been AK that you've spoken to us, so I understand why you were- Anyway, um we're looking for a man named Orlando.
1: Yep, take his mail. Just oh, passes ooh, and-
2: a, <laughs> like a, a handful
1: of mail and like a massive package as well. That, like, you pick ooh. up and you hear a tss, tss, like, that's a powder. What the hell is in here? Oh, I and- thought
6: you were going for the twins. Somehow <laughs> I feel like a fledging desire Like basically. a rainmaker. I-,
0: I feel like at this point, buddy's gonna put live down and start mm. taking the, the, the... yeah. She like,
1: um, bounces a pen. Number 42.
4: Thank you. You're not thank usually you the
1: male girl. Nah, it doesn't matter.
2: Closes <laughs> the map. <laughs>
1: number
5: 42. Why oh, is your friend bleeding also, on my driveway? Sorry, just
2: completely
0: in my head, I was like, I I hope that he's in number 42. Like, he has to be in number 42. And if he's not in number 42, I will make sure he he's, but he is. And that is, mm,
1: yes. <laughs> Ow, my hand. Aubrey, oh, you're, you're stable. Just us. You're stable. Stable don't no, feel good. All right. Um, yes. So you guys start making your way into the caravan park, traipsing your way through very long grass. You see the usual amount of uh, men in, sl- like, um, what are they called in America? Hmm? Do they have a specific name? Singlets, Singlets in America? They call them singlets in America? I think
3: it would be singlets. Australia, you'd use the slang wife beater, but I don't know if that's (laughs) international. I don't think we
1: should bring that up. Tank tops.
6: Tank tops? That's young
1: people slang.
6: Okay.
1: Okay, the usual every single man you see is wearing a singlet and it's white and stained. Uh, They're Mm. walking around in, like, booty shorts and (laughs) flip-flops and, like, looking around. Daisy Dukes. (laughs) Um, All have beer guts. uh, some Some of them don't. Some of them have, like... Like if they all have a defining feature. Uh, one has a beer gut, one has like a missing leg, one's got a weird chin.
4: Liv <laughs> just sees one of them and she recognizes them and she's like, Oh hi, Jeffrey! As he's yeah. walking fast. Yeah. He's the, the, the
5: really, the really chin. short, yeah. scrawny one. Yeah. You see uh, ah, hi.
1: you see a guy who looks like your age playing soccer. <laughs> Could we just say oh no.
5: <laughs> oh, uh, no!
2: And
1: he's kicking it into a guy who's like holding onto the post. Is like hitting him in there's the
2: chest. The he's like classic, ah, ah, and sucker pad. Ah,
0: there's red. the faintest bit of red tinted onto the sucker man's face. Yeah,
1: he's like blind in one eye.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh no,
1: you did that. Feel
6: bad. Oh no,
0: I feel like both Buddy and Tully are like averting their yeah. eyes.
1: Uh, so, so, and the guy, the, the guy's getting tears. Like man. Well crazy
5: time, losing your eye in that war. Whichever war that happened recently. Ow! <laughs> um just as a in case the listeners are confused, we did a, like a couple of pre-recording sessions. Uh, and I think it was, was it Soccer Dave and Massachusetts? No, it Soccer Brad. Soccer Brad.
0: Massachusetts Chattakus. And yeah. Massachusetts.
5: And the Scottish one. Yeah. And Liv like to roll the no, Scottish Scooter one. Dave. Well, I was
1: just going to say, canonically, a guy pokes his head through the caravan the next time and says,
5: Shut sure up! You've been doing it for hours! <laughs> uh, they all ended up here. Good.
4: Huh. Okay, avoid that section. Um,
6: <laughs> strange danger.
1: <laughs> okay, you uh, slowly make your way through. You realise there are three 42s.
5: <laughs> I also thought about
1: that Do all of them say No, Orlando? some of them are different ones you, You're searching for a good 20 minutes before you find 42, Orlando um, So you find the caravan park uh, The sign next to it says Florida residents keep out The grass here is somehow even longer Than the others <laughs> The red painted caravan is kind of peeling and showing the metallic beneath it. No, there's no blue. It is buffalo grass, and it's quite nice. Oh, Mm.
2: Uh,
1: yep. So you throw open the gate. The gate breaks off as you open it, and you make your way up to the caravan.
3: And
5: that's
3: your knocking. I think it's a Pokemon in the grass.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Duck, where'd you come from?
5: Tali throws a stone into the grass, and it's just like. Um, I'd
3: like you all to get it. Oh, okay. That's not how this normally works. Just
5: a straight. A straight roll. I got a four. Three.
6: Five. Four. You guys will so.
5: Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, Here we come. Buddy Save is... Mercy's Creek. Here we go. <laughs>
1: Buddy's making the ratatata sound <laughs> of his mouth, and so and like Tully's like telling him to shut up, and Olivia's listening as she's actually knocking. Olivia, you notice there is an echo coming from within the caravan and the door opens as you hit it. She takes a
6: step back.
1: And it swings open and it has been entirely gutted. Other than the thin layer of metal that is the outside frame, there is nothing inside of it.
4: Liv pokes her head in and all you see from the side angle is just Liv turning her head side to side going, I think we might have the wrong caravan.
1: And then you look down. And, then, ah! and there is a hole that just disappears into darkness.
4: Uh, guys, it I is think...
1: a meter by a meter like circumference. Circumference.
4: I found the Grand Canyon. What? Um, don't what? don't step into this caravan. You will you will die. One sec.
1: There is a rope hanging from the roof, going down. It is the rope secure at the roof. Yeah. Okay,
3: that's good.
4: Liv like reaches out to the rope, tugs at it.
3: It's thick. Can I make a pitch? Sure. The only other thing in the caravan is a a wire bird cage with what looks Ooh. like a porcelain garden gnome in it.
2: <gasps>
0: yes.
3: Yeah, you're like
1: Okay. This guy's a freak. <laughs> what the hell is this? Why is there a garden gnome in a cage?
4: Liv takes a second and she's like I kind of want to free this thing.
0: With a 10, can I notice anything about it? <laughs> 10 there's a Uh, carrot stuck into the wire plus one with intelligence so that'd be 11 in total
1: you go over to it and you peer at it and it blinks
4: (laughs) buddy anything unusual
0: uh does blinking count as unusual
4: for a porcelain garden gnome? Buddy, yes. Buddy, we all
3: blink. No, no, I think, think you blink. have to be like, no, blinking's normal. That's what you're meant yeah, to do. We all
4: blink. <laughs> blinking is normal. Yeah, um that's normal. What, what is blink... Who's blinking?
5: Does, buddy. You? Buddy is Are going we ignoring to... the giant hole in <laughs> the floor? Hang on, yeah, but, Tommy. Buddy stepped over the hole to get to the yeah. garden. Yeah, definitely.
4: <laughs> Liv has used the rope to swing over the hole.
0: <laughs> buddy is... Can um, yeah, I roll for me,
4: Yeah. Oh, no. Bye, no. Ah! Um,
5: how did you die in the horror ah! podcast? Did you get attacked
4: <laughs> by on, monsters? plus physical though, wouldn't it?
5: No,
1: so it's not for that. It's, you're not going to fall.
4: Oh, okay, cool. Um, so just three.
1: Okay, you're swinging back and forth and then it starts to slow until you're hanging in the middle and you can't reach
5: either side of your legs.
4: It's just, and she's just like, buddy, 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 telly, buddy, telly helps buddy. You. Yeah.
5: One, <laughs> Tully like, one reaches sec. out and grabs your leg, <laughs> pulls it over, like puts it on the ground. There you go.
4: Tully grabs her leg. Buddy grabs her arm. It she is now,
6: now
2: spread across, like this. across yeah. the
6: Oh.
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh. So wait. If you grab you. Okay. Uh, I'll let go and no, no, then
0: I, I'll let go. No. You, no. Yeah. okay, We
5: need to not both let go.
0: Okay. I'm just gonna let
5: go. No, okay, don't, don't let go because I I've... let go. Oh, boy.
4: Liv just removes her foot and her arm from both of you and clings to the rope again, and she's like, someone just push me.
1: Um, so I rolled a two. You both start to feel, yeah, she's grounding as solid as it was. And then you're in the process, uh, buddy, looking back. Where'd the gnome go? As the ground beneath you gives way and you both fall grabbing like onto live,
2: and, oh, the and then, then the rope burns.
1: snaps no. and you all go tumbling down into the ah,
4: hole ah, ah, and get your hand off that the
2: gnome
1: if uh, any of you look up you will see a porcelain gnome above the rope
5: looking down at you yeah <laughs> actually should we maybe roll for that instead yeah, it doesn't matter oh, uh, you okay. guys but the rope
4: has now snapped so there's no way back out yeah did um, you bring the mail?
5: On, wait. Yes. <laughs> on oh, the mail fluttered.
4: Yeah, we <laughs> fell down the hole with the mail. The, the gnome pa- is
5: holding the parcel. <laughs>
4: yeah.
5: <laughs> um so you guys
1: land at the bottom. It's only it's a couple meters down. Uh roll just a D four.
0: Uh can I uh shield?
1: Sure, but you'll roll a D six then.
0: Cool. Um I rolled roll BJ. Was it? That'll be a seven plus three for physical for reducing their damage.
1: No, so it just means you'll reduce the damage, but you'll take more damage. Yeah. So just roll a d6 plus three.
0: That's a four.
1: Okay, cool. So you guys don't take damage, okay. but he manages to somehow like twist in the process and lands the ground, and then thump, thump, as
5: you both land on top of him. We don't take any damage. No, <gasps> nice.
4: Sorry, buddy. Thank you. Oh, um, thanks, pal. <laughs> thanks, buddy.
5: Ow. My. You're right. My, my, I don't know. What's <laughs> I don't know. My <laughs> scabula. We should get <laughs> off him. Maybe they, maybe they have to talk better. Both oh
4: of my. us just sitting on him, yeah. going, "Is something wrong?" I feel
5: great. <laughs> I'm fine. I think I gained health. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> we roll yeah, off.
5: We roll off, and uh, Tully helps you to your feet. Okay, you mm-hmm. find yourselves at the bottom of this
1: hole. It is about six meters deep. Is sure? Yeah, and it's reassured up along the side That's it's, a very long way. It's a very long way. Oh, okay. You have no idea how this was made. Or, or how <laughs> we didn't kill Buddy by landing <laughs> on yep. him. Yep. He's a beefy boy. He's a beefy I'm a very boy. beefy boy. He's a beefy boy. He
4: landed
6: with a thud.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a thunk. <laughs> there's a little bit of, like, like, a little bounce in the landing.
6: Tully <laughs> isn't dead because he landed on you.
0: Just about.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, you begin looking around, and there's enough light coming down from the top that you can see the hole goes on. Now, like, horizontally.
4: Um, Liv is just going to look up at the gnome. She's going to be like, so uh, are you going to like give me any information before we... Who are you
5: talking to? The gnome.
4: The gnome is alive, the gnome you guys. The
1: it's just uh, like a normal garden gnome looking at you. And you're like, was that always up there? Is that the same gnome? Isn't there' just a second gnome? It's just a second gnome, and it's just staring at you. There
0: Would you it. like a cookie?
4: Marshmallow?
1: I have muffins. You see it slowly deform into this shriveled little creature. You're talking
5: to a statue.
2: Mm. Look, that statue... Vegan!
5: ...blinks. <laughs> and it darts away, and you hear the
1: sound of the caravan door closing. <laughs>
0: Well, that statue was vegan. Well, well,
3: I am... <laughs> What's a vegan? I don't know what a vegan is.
0: I am canonically bad at climbing, so uh, I, 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 I I probably have to go this way.
4: Look, I'm too short to do anything <clears throat> other than to go that torch. way. Liv no. ruffles through her bag, and she would probably have like one of those very small ones. Roll a d12,
1: and you have to beat a 10 to have a torch. Beat a 10. I say because you haven't, you didn't plan for this. Mm. You guys didn't plan ahead. Yeah,
4: for an I don't adventure. know if she actually brought her handbag. She she just just did you get
5: gnome food again, guys? Come on.
2: Twelve. Uh, <gasps> oh.
5: All right, you pull out one
1: of those little like keychain ones. Yeah. <laughs> it casts like a foot-long beam. Yeah, I can. i oh, come see on, with a
6: twelve.
1: Okay. Two feet.
5: <laughs> oh yeah, it nearly you reaches get one the ground from where you're above
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> Mr. Krabs. Yeah. <laughs> I can see now. All right, uh, we're faced with no other real. Tully options. goes first. He <laughs> yeah, doesn't have a light, goes first. but he <laughs> you just stick. It, you can basically stick out your hands, and it's basically like that, and goes along each side of the walls, and you have to okay. crane down. Um, And your head skims across. Liv doesn't have to crane crane at all.
4: Liv just walks straight back, (laughs) leading with her little porch. Meanwhile, Buddy
0: is... Yeah, you you guys go first. Um, Just just jangering himself. (laughs) Tetris piece.
4: So Buddy's bringing up the rear and Liv is in the front.
1: Yeah. So you guys make your way along this uh, lane. You were walking for a long time. There's a stage where you hear the sound of Rumbling and you realise you must be beneath the river. Ooh. Have we been kind of going down? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, right. So you're quite beneath it, and then it starts to go back up. And you're walking for probably a good another 10 minutes or so, maybe even 15, when you see a light up ahead. And you emerge into a larger area. Badly poured concrete covers the floor as to make it more level. The walls are lined with cages. Some containing long dead things. Flies buzz all around the room. Fluorescent lights are connected to a generator that is running in the corner. The lights buzz and flicker along with the flies. You see many metal tables and surgical instruments. Everything is is kept incredibly clean outside of the cages, of course, because they are filthy. But you also see something laying on the main metal table in the centre of the room. You want to investigate?
4: So yeah, Liv crouches down where she was not crouching down while we were walking through the hall. Yeah. Um, and starts inching her way towards the table. There to is an
1: uncomfortably clinical feeling about the room. There is the smell of sanitizer and vinegar and bleach to the whole area. You make your way up, and you see a cage on the left-hand side of the table. You see small hands gripping the bars greenish and sharp you see a shriveled yet lively creature glaring at you from within the cage humanoid in proportions and shape but with leathery skin, its toes and fingers like moss covered sticks it is is wearing what appears to be a World War 1 style general jacket fitted with as many pins and medals that can fit on the fabric small dark eyes glare at you from its head is a mess of oily, tangled, and matted red hair.
4: Oh. What oh. Oh. What is it? Oh. Okay. What mm. is that? Mm. Uh huh. Why does it have I like- did not is see it it okay? that today. I
5: don't mm. like that it has clothes. Somehow Why is that it makes leather? It Are you all right,
4: Why is sir? it green? <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay. Hi.
5: It hisses at you.
1: <clears throat> Atop the cage is a folder. Do you want to have a look at it?
5: I'll take a look at the folder
1: Okay Tully pulls the folder away While the others Are Looking at this thing
4: Yeah Liv is just clearing her throat Going (coughs) (coughs) Hi
1: It doesn't React to you It just looks at you In the document (laughs) Tully It says Only current living specimen It appears similar To great whites No matter the level of care Or food provided Cannot survive In an unnatural environment Or without social structure Of clan Species Red cap ...haunts scenes of battles and bloodshed... ...collects items and keeps them... Received their name for being seen... ...after a brutal battle during the Civil War... ...in which they stole across the fields... ...in the dead of night... ...and dipped their clothes and hats... ...in the shed blood of the soldiers... ...they were seen by a watchman... ...the blood-red figures... ...disappearing into the woods... ...cunning creatures... ...but feature little true intelligence... ...unable to speak outside of their simple grunts... ...infest Mercy's Creek... ...on almost plague-like degree... ...more proof of the fire and what I have now coined, the Great Purge.
5: Oh, interesting. Okay, Tully reads that and...
4: Does he read it out loud?
5: Um, yeah, sure. you yeah. will say I read that out. Um, and then, like, kneels down and kind of looks at it and, like, waves a little bit. It shrinks away to the other side of the cage.
4: Buddy, do you have any more marshmallows? Yeah.
1: I've got um,
0: that muffin from before.
1: Ooh, um,
4: let's br- let's just break off a piece. We-, we don't know what kind of effect this is going to have.
1: Next to the cage, you find this Ooh. as well. Who wants to? Who would take it? It appears to be some sort of small journal.
0: But Buddy is very intense with watching if the creature will eat his muffin. Mm. It's
1: very so,
5: important. I mean, white is. If, white pages the top. Mm. If this is the last of its species then how come they were apparently infesting it's not the last of the species only mm-hmm. current
1: living specimen and
5: you look around
1: to the other cages and you start to see more of them slowly decaying in these other cages
5: this man has clearly tried to cage them in the oh, past okay. and all of them have died so meaning only current living specimen in the lab yeah. not
4: in the world yeah
5: oh okay. right okay yeah. Tally was also confused by that as okay. much as That's I right. was
4: <laughs> Oh, okay, I think Orlando might be schizophrenic, you guys.
5: Uh, what do you mean?
4: The author of this text is ambiguous even to me. Is it I or is it him? Is it us or is it them? My very mind feels foggy at the concept. And then when you read further down, it says, my name is Orlando.
0: I guess that's his then...
4: I mean, he seems quite intelligent if he's the one making notes about creatures, but uh, we need to read carefully, I suppose. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this is a this is a lot of notes, you guys.
5: I remember when Chester showed me that notebook. Uh, I was I realized that he'd gone too far in his, <laughs> in his podcast prep because for listeners, he's just handed Meg like what is that thirty pages of printed notebook, mm. and they're all written with. Full That's pages. just the
0: whole script for
5: these few <laughs> Read to the back. We'll see who dies. Do
1: any one of you want to just roll investigation on the room as a whole? Probably Olivia um, is probably two taken. Two by two taken by with the
0: reading. book. Oh, nat twelve.
1: Okay, we'll say that you're also pouring. Over I'm probably the book well. still looking at yeah. the, the folder, buddy. You notice in a far corner there is something different with the walls. Is concrete walling. There are slots in it, almost like large rectangles have been cut away to make concrete bars of a cell. You slowly make your way over. The living creature in the cage begins to shriek and murmur to itself.
5: Hold up! Buddy, the smell stop of moving.
1: the smell of death and decay is strong as you inch closer. Buddy. Careful! The fluorescent lights aren't powerful enough. This corner of the room is dark, almost black. And within the bars is entirely black. But you can tell there must be a space in there. The few pinpoints of light seem to be reflecting off a thick layer of glass that have been concreted into the bars. What the hell needs this much protection? Or more likely, needs this much to stop it from getting out. You come to a stop... Standing directly in front of the bars of the glass. There is enough room, there is enough light in the room to see your silhouette reflected in the glass. And to see two pinpoints of light. No, not light. Reflections of light. Bouncing
5: back at you. Eyes in the dark. Tully walks over and like gently grabs his shoulders and slowly pulls him away what's in there But I don't there's think you should go close to it
0: I, I'm sure there is no, look
5: I don't want to Just move move back
0: come on I'm gonna take a cookie out and roll <laughs> it through the slot it
1: okay. bounces off glass remember I told you about right,
5: glass yep.
1: right. okay there's okay. no there's no dink ding, to... ding, <laughs> ding. No. okay um, you feel it in your stomach They are staring directly at you. Hell, they've probably been looking at you since the moment you stepped into the light. Watching, waiting. Even in just the reflections, you can see so much anger. Boiling, bubbling, churning anger. Your eyes are drawn to a part of the wall next to the large bars. You see a light switch
0: what would you like to do don't just no. turn on the light
4: hey guys what's all this oh
0: there's eyes in there and Ooh, there's a buddy. light right there mm. so.
4: uh, hold off on that if Liv like would like to lift her flashlight and see whether the it penetrates lift, through the glass <laughs>
1: it hits the glass and mostly bounces back. It Mm. kind of illuminates a bit like the first foot or so of the room and it seems like it must be a pretty large room But mostly just bounces off the glass.
0: All right, screw it. And Buddy just reaches
5: over with his nice long arms. Can we, like, roll to... I want to try and stop you. You want to try?
4: Liv is not going to try and stop him. She sees his hand go for it and she uh, bolts to behind the two of them. Five plus three? It's a one. She runs into Tully.
5: (laughs) We'll say it's a strength roll, so... Uh, yeah, so that's okay. a five plus three, so it's eight, eight. Plus two, so ten. Listen. What? Green creature. Yeah. Prays off dead people. What? And that's what we read in the folder, right? He's pointing to the, the other creature with the when jacket. Did, when did it say that? It like in the folder. They were found like taking blood from battlefields and stuff, right? Okay. This creature scared of what's in there. Yeah.
4: That's not good. Uh, scavengers tend to be... It was because. also scary yeah. of you guys. Mm. I'm just...
5: Uh, and then he, like, turns I'm... away and just, like, walks away. <laughs> like, not not like he's fed up, but, like, if you're going to turn the light, he wants to be as far away from the cage all as right. possible.
0: All right, all right. Look, if it's in a cage, not not to sound like every horror trope ever, but if there's in, it's in a cage and there's a light switch, which is probably put here by this Mr. Orlando person to look at it, we might learn something from, you know, looking at it.
5: Are you sure that whatever's in there is something that you want to see?
0: I think I've seen enough to be able to handle this at this point. Okay. Right. You can step away if you want.
5: No. Let's. Hey, let's turn. Hey, let's turn the light switch on. You know. Let's. Right. Let's do it. What a good the idea. Switch.
3: <laughs> Tully <got a> <laughs> flinches. He's <It's> like. Oh.
5: <laughs>
1: You flick the switch and there is a long pause. Your mouth goes dry as you wait. Fingers itching to switch the light back off so that you'll never truly know what lays before you. But the need to know won't go. The lights flicker and your stomach turns before they blast on. They buzz and hum as they cast a clinical white light out onto you as they illuminate the entire room. Your eyes meet you are only a few feet away from Norman Weaver. And it is a grisly sight to see. A huge thank you to our wonderful patrons who keep this show going Stephen, Nathaniel, Undercommon Arts, number 27. Snecky Boy, Flower, Jewelita, Red Panda, Lexi, David, Mikal, Glennis, Jackson, Spixie, and Angela. You guys keep the show going, and we are incredibly grateful.